rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. Yo, where am I? Damn it. No, no, no. I have so many screens on. And why am I so close? This isn't good. I don't think I'm using the... Something is wrong. Hold on. This sucks. That's... I gotta use that camera. And... Okay, we got the right mic. All right, good. Hi, everybody. I feel... I, I'm blaming this on my... the You know, the just the bumps right now on the fact that I'm sick again. I'm doing the show because I'm about 80% better, but... I had, I think I had a relapse on the flu that I had because over the week I got really sick again, like with a fever, throwing up, you know, not to give you the gory details, but it was pretty bad. And I, I didn't know what I was going to do because, uh, I already missed the show a couple of weeks ago. I didn't want to miss it again. So I'm going to do the show, obviously, and we're, I'm glad to, to do it. I don't want to miss the show. That's not the point of doing the show. It sucks to miss the show. And so, uh, but as soon as the show's over, I'm going to bed. I probably won't get out of bed until Monday morning. But I feel, I do feel a little better. I, I, if I did have a fever and all that, I probably would not do the show because I wouldn't be able to. So, but anyway, I'm just, I'm really discombobulated. I think it's just my, my fevered brain. So I'm checking to, is everybody, everybody is hearing me, seeing me? I hope, let me see, things just aren't working out. I always uh, check this stuff in the beginning, but for some reason, time was a merciless creditor today are we freaking live are we doing this are we doing it live as bill whatever his name is used to say all right i'm just checking out the youtube account but give me a minute sorry guys we'll get into it in a minute and i know if you're listening on progressive voices you're like this show sucks but it is really kind of a one-man band over here, so I, I'm i trying. That's all I can say. All right. All right. All right. What the f, f is it? Okay. Guys, I am on. I am on the air. <laughs> I hope I'm not dying. That's That would suck because it's just getting interesting, right? Isn't it? But... I mean, we're all finite beings. I don't think I'm dying. I wouldn't be feeling better if I was dying. I just have a flu. It just happened to come back. I don't know why. I thought I was better, and I guess maybe I wasn't. It was still there, and I was still... My immune system was bad, and I... It just, you know... I, I ju- it just knocked me for a loop again. It just came back. And, and the same way it, it happened the first time, where I was fine. I went to bed... And in the middle of the night, I woke up sick. It was just, it came on so suddenly. But, all right, I'm feeling better. I don't want to miss the fun. You know what I mean? I don't want to miss the, 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 the destruction of fascism. I don't want to miss the restoration of democracy. 
and that and that's what we're working for. But let me just do the little intro. We meet here every Saturday evening from six to eight p.m. on the RDT Eastern Eastern on the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels, and then we are replayed starting Sunday on the Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app or on GDPR Revolution ninety nine which is a, another independent liberal radio station or and podcast you could you could subscribe to and um you know SoundCloud, iTunes, we're on Twitch now. And what else? What else? Um and I want to thank thank uh the supporters of the show and the people who have donated and become patrons. I'm I'm a, I am really um pushing the patron thing. It's kind of like a uh it's like a catch-22. I would like to be able to do the show every day, but I can't do the show every day until we get enough patrons. I mean, that's just the nature of life. And um, because I got to do other things to make money and keep the site going, keep unless we get donations. Do you know what I mean? To keep the keep uh, keep us on the air and keep us because when you're doing a when you're donating as a patron to RDC Daily and Tarabus, you're doing it's for the both. It's for both of it's for in, independent liberal media writers and this show. So and hopefully that'll just expand. That'll be that'll be nice. And I want so if I didn't get you um, your. Um, thank you gift this week for those who donated. It's only because I was sick, really sick, and I barely could get out of bed. So uh, please uh, forgive me. I'll try to do that this week. And send me your um, address. That's the other thing. The patrons got to send me the addresses. Otherwise, I don't know where to send stuff. All right, guys. So, I mean, I don't know why. It's like, uh, of course I'm going to be sick, right? Look at where we're living. And then we have to worry. It, it just brings up the other aspects of just being a, an American, where you, you have to worry about where, uh, am I really sick? How bad is it? How, mu- how much is my copay going to be? How much is my deductible? Is this hospital and network? Is this doctor and network? Who do I go to? How much is it going to be? Um, is what is my deductible? It's like you'll do. Can I afford to? Uh, I guess I'll just stay home and hope for the best. And that's what happens here in the United States of serfs and lords. And this is why we die. At, um, at we, our life expectancy is going down. On top of the fact that, of course, the, it's the uh, opioid crisis that's going on because everybody's there. Um, they've had enough. There's no hope here in this country. When you have this monstrous Twitler running around building fake walls when there are 35,000 Americans dying needlessly each year because of lack of access to health care and millions going bankrupt, which, and it is going up. That was before Obamacare. Now, after Obamacare, the rate of the uninsured was to its lowest level, but that didn't mean that everybody was covered either. That's the other thing. We still had the most expensive health care in the world, and we still left millions out. But we're suckers, right? So when they go, I don't know if you saw it today, which is another thing that makes me sick. So, I mean, of course I'm sick, right? We're, we're sick. This country is sick. We need, we, I, I believe, and I've said this before, that we are suffering from some kind of national PTSD, all of us. 
that are like, oh, this country's so divided. It's so divided. Yeah, it's divided because they d- deliberately divide us. They try to divide us. You don't. You have an entire political party that works overtime to divide us because they cannot win otherwise. They lie to, so they can steal. And they don't care if you're, if you, you're flipping out or if you're stressed out or whatever. They don't care if you're, you can't, you, you, you're cutting your insulin in half or whatever the hell, cutting your pills in half. They don't care. They would rather you be uh, stupid and voting for them because you think some caravan is going to come in and slit your throat. Which the other thing I saw on on I was gonna say Twitter uh, well Twitter today with uh, it was the GOP I don't know if you I I have the I watch the GOP Twitter feed which is it's a cesspool it really is it's it's shocking but there they were saying another caravan is forming and the Democrats insist on there isn't a crisis at the border so what does that mean another caravan is forming. Be afraid. What are we afraid of? Migrants? We're afraid of people who are presenting themselves at the border to seek asylum legally under our laws. So these monsters, these Republican monsters, will they, their solution to a crisis that, is, that they helped, that the American government helped create with our interventions in Central America— we helped create these failed states. So their, their um, solutions, quote-unquote, is to build a wall. So when somebody comes to your door, when your neighbor comes to your door with a, with a crisis, help me, I have a crisis, you slam the door? That's, your, that's the home of the brave for you. That's the land of the free. And I've said it before, that I would rather have one migrant from that caravan than the entire Trump monstrosity, the Trump crime family, or any of the Republicans, because they're all in it. We cannot let the Republican Party get away with what they have inflicted on this country. They inflicted him. They know who he is. They know that he's a traitor, but they don't care. And I've said it for years, because Republicans hate democracy. They don't like it. It gets in the way of them stealing. It gets in the way of them slipping behind the gated commu- the walls of the gated communities and laughing at just how easy it was to dupe everyone. And sp- speaking of that, I mean, this isn't a Republican, but I don't know if you, saw, you guys saw today the, that um, video is getting a lot of play with Dianne Feinstein, who... These students went to her, these young people, like around 12 years old, um, asking her to support the Green New Deal. And she basically was really, like, really patronizing to them. And it pissed me off, so I'm going to play it. trying to ask you to vote yes on the Green New Deal. Oh, please. Okay, I'll tell you what. 
We have our own Green New Deal. Some scientists have said that we have 12 years to turn this around. Well, it's not going to get turned around in 10 years. What we can do Senator, if is this doesn't get turned around in 10 years, you're looking at the faces of the people who are going to be living with these consequences. The government is supposed to be for the people and by the people and all You know what's interesting about this group is I've been doing this for 30 years. I know what I'm doing. You come in here and you say it has to be my way or the highway. I don't respond to that. I've gotten elected. I just ran. I was elected by almost a million votes. trying to ask you to vote yes on the Green New Deal. Okay, I'll tell you what. We have our own Green New Deal. Some scientists have said that we have 12 years to turn this around. Well, it's not going to get turned around in 10 years. What we can do Senator, if is this doesn't get turned around in 10 years, you're looking at the faces of the people who are going to be living with these consequences. The government is supposed to be for the people and by the people and you know what's interesting about this group is I've been doing this for 30 years. I know what I'm doing. You come in here and you say it has to be my way or the highway. I don't respond to that. I've gotten elected. I just ran. I was elected by almost a million vote plurality. And I know what I'm doing. So, you know, maybe people should listen a little bit. I hear what you're saying, but we're the people who voted you. You're supposed to listen to us. That's your, How old are your you job. How old I'm are 16. You I well, can't vote. you didn't vote, vote for me. Well, she, I'm she voted. It doesn't matter. We're the ones well, who are going to be impacted. Something. It doesn't matter. We're going to be the ones who are impacted. I understand that. I have seven grandchildren. I understand it very well. Senator, the cost of and not taking this action is far higher than the cost of what the Green New Deal will be. And Here's there is enormous popularity for this bill around okay. the whole country. Here's and we're asking you to be brave and do this for us and for your grandchildren. Get enough for okay. I'm trying to do the best I can, which was to write a responsible resolution. Any plan that, that doesn't take bold, transformative okay. action is not going to be what we need. We well, need you know better than I do. So I think one day you should run for the Senate. Great. And then you do it your way. But by that time, in the meantime, by that time, there's going to be a big problem. I just won a big election. Oh my God! I'm sorry that I played that twice by accident. I hit the button and it went back to the beginning. But what a! I mean, yes, okay, she's a Democrat. We're not supposed to speak ill of other Democrats, but um, maybe she's part of the problem. I mean. Maybe we can get a Democrat in there that isn't um, in bed or takes money from the fossil fuel industry. Because you'd think that when the fossil fuel lobbyists come to see Dianne Feinstein, she acts like that to them. She talks to, down to them. Did you vote for me? How old? Are, oh, well, you didn't vote for me. You're 16. These are the children that will be impacted by the, her inaction. She she doesn't believe she she believes she's going to you know she'll only support something that she can that she can get done. 
I love this whole frame of let's be pragmatic. It was sort of like during the the primaries in 2016. Well, Hillary wasn't for universal health care because, you know, you you got to be pragmatic. They're never pragmatic when it comes to funneling more money to the top, though. And as far as Dianne Feinstein is concerned, she is worth an estimated... $94 $94 million. So, I mean, I guess it's really hard to see the forest through the trees burning from the ivory tower, Diane. And um, to pander to these kids, because these kids will, that's the, those children were 12 years old. And they're, they'll be voting soon enough. And they are going to be impacted by the inaction of this Congress and uh, the the adults that tell them it's just too, uh, it's just aspirational to do something about a planet that's on fire. And not only that, the Green New Deal will create millions of jobs. It will also, it's also, um, how do you pay for it? You pay for it through a top marginal tax rate of where Alexandra Ocasio Cortez and the, the co-sponsor of the bill. They propose a 70% tax, marginal tax rate, which was when, right when the American middle class started to decline. That's, that's not even, uh, it, it's, we had a top marginal tax rate of 70% under Reagan before they rolled it back. And then we could trace the decline of the middle class right to that doorstep. So it's, they think it's so outrageous to have this, uh, this top marginal tax rate because we're capitalists, you know. This is another thing I keep hearing from Democrats, which makes me want to vomit. Why don't they explain? Because this is why we have working people and, uh, just who trade their time and labor for a paycheck so going around saying, I'm a capitalist, I'm a capitalist. No, you're a dupe. You're a dupe then. You're not a capitalist. A capitalist is somebody who sits around who waits for the dividend checks to arrive. Not, you're not a capitalist. You're a laborer. You're a worker. And if you think that this country, the only thing that we can manufacture are billionaires, we just funnel more money to the top. Everybody, everybody else is on their own. Everything else that will make the lives of working people better have a, a more decent middle-class life. That's all aspirational. We can't do that. We can't afford that. What the hell? I, 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 it, it's complete malpractice that they allowed, th- that senators like Dianne Feinstein allowed this to go on, and she just won a big election, and you should run for Senate? Well, guess, maybe she will, because Dianne Feinstein is 85 years old. Not, no offense to people who are older. I hope to be 85 one day. But um, the fact is, she's not going to really live to see the consequences of her actions. Because, like the woman said in the video, it will cost a lot more to not do something about climate change than it will to do something about it. And not only that, why can't we put ourselves behind something that is good and something that brings uh, the people together? And also builds democracy, helps democracy, because I think uh, there's been a lot of propaganda. And one of the things, speaking of so-called Democrats, I don't know what Chuck Todd is, but he's on MSNBC, which is that's supposed to be like the liberal-leaning station. And uh, 
the other day I just had it on, and it was I I just can't stand that guy. He he's really irritating. And one of the things, and and this is why. Here's here's a, um, let me see. Where the heck is it? Oh come on. Oh hold on hold on. I know I captured it. Here it is. Let's let's take Medicare for all, mm -hmm. okay? You obviously have a stake in this yourself. You want to you, you see how the Affordable Care Act works. Uh, on one hand, I'm guessing as a progressive, you'd like to see universal uh, a Medicare for all. On the other hand, is there any uh, notion inside the Democratic Party to try to make Obamacare work? So, right the first time? You know, I think it's about kind of setting what is the goal. The way I expressed the goal, what I ran on, what we want to deliver on in Colorado is saving people money on health care. Now, how you configure multiple payers, one payer, public option, those are all tactics. So we're willing to look at every tactic to save people money on health care. Because at the end of the day, Chuck, Americans are paying twice the percentage of our income on health care as almost every other industrialized nation, and we don't even cover everybody. Okay, I want to ask you about the S word, democratic socialism. I'm guessing in a place like Boulder, they're like, there might be some democratic socialists. What's the line? How would you express it? Well, I, I don't know what they have. You have to have somebody who is self-defined. I don't know if they all know what it is. I always say I'm a proud capitalist. You know, you and I talked about that. I've started. No, several you started at several companies. So I, I think it, it, it's a great system that creates prosperity and wealth and allows us to do functions like fund our schools and fund our roads uh, and have a great uh, institutions of higher education and colleges. So again, everybody will self-define. I'm sure there's overlap on some issues as a basic value. Of course, we should achieve universal health care. I don't think that is democratic socialist. Almost every other industrialized nation, even those under conservative governments, have universal health care. So, I mean, that's not a radical concept. It's very mainstream. I, I am curious, as somebody who was successful in business, you used your own money to run for office, I think, the first time, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. um, what do you make of this war on wealth that looks like is happening inside the 2020 Democratic primary race? Well, I, you know, I, I, don't, I think that people want, Democrats want somebody who's qualified to lead. And I think Democrats respect different kinds of qualifications. We respect people who've been uh, leaders in the military. If we might have some of the, we respect people who've been successful in business, mm -hmm. like Michael Bloomberg or Howard Schultz, who decided not to run as a Democrat. But if he did, he, you know, he would have been. We respect people who've worked their way through politics, who've been mayors, who've been governors, who've been senators. So I think we want to see some kind of experience shows that you're good at what you do, whether it's public sector, private sector, or whether it's military. So you have to be, you got to be rich somehow, right? You have, or, like, or a warrior. You have to put the uniform on for wars of corporate aggression that we continuously have so much money for. They don't even, they could lose trillions and billions of dollars and they don't even blink. Nobody says anything about l the money that just goes missing into the Pentagon and never comes out again. But there's enough money for war. There's a, but let's take money from, uh, what, uh, social uh, insurance programs, when, which aren't even that strong. We, we have one of the weakest social security programs in the world. Of course we do, because we're suckers. What does it take? What will it take to, for the American people to understand that they have been played well, I mean, really, what I, I think that the younger generation is waking up to this. But the thing that really pissed me off in this Chuck Todd clip, of, besides Medicare for all, where do you stand? It's like as that as if that is a left issue. And like the the uh, governor said, it's it is a an issue on the left and the right all over the world. The even the conservative uh, ruled governments aren't 
threatening to take it away because it's, uh, it's a socialist ideal. They understand that, uh, I mean, we're the only stupid asses in this world at this point, but that he said, what is this war on wealth in the Democratic Party? That really irritated the hell out of me. And it just goes to show you how the, the corporate media sucks. And, you know, partly this is why I ask you to donate to the show and why I do what I do. Because they, for him to just say that and without any historical context, that the, to, to count on the ignorance of the, of the American people, to not understand that, we, you know, we don't, as far as like the Green New Deal is concerned, we don't have to search um, other countries for how we're going to pay for it. Look into our own history. Look back to our, that socialist Eisenhower who had, under his socialist administration, he had a top marginal tax rate of 90%. So there wouldn't be this bloated income inequality. And the way it is now, we have our, the United States, and I've said this before, and you probably know that in 30 years, 30, when Reagan got, a, got his greedy grips around this country, we had the most upwardly mobile country and uh western uh, in the western civilizations i suppose you call it but uh and the with the slightest income debt income gap now we are the least upwardly mobile what does that mean we are even less upwardly mobile than the so-called classist systems in england who have a they have a literal queen and monarchy those are supposed to be all class-based. We were supposed to be merit-based, right? But it's not, you know, you could be as good as you want to be, but um, to have these Democrats, so-called Democrats, saying like, oh, uh, you use your own money, you're millions. you got to be a millionaire to run for office now? That's not the way it was set up, and it's not the way it should be. This is not a, uh, a, 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 a liberal democracy. We are the, the wants and needs of the working class. Do you think that if that those were kids of, loyal, of I, oh, I say I can't even talk, I'm so little, of oil industry lobbyists coming in and say, please don't take my daddy's job. What do you think, th- what do you think da- uh, Diane Feinstein would say? She'd probably say, well, you know, little girl, thank you for daddy's check, but we, we, I, I won't take his job because we, are, we believe in an all-of-the-above energy strategy. That means it doesn't matter what, what will happen to the planet in 10 years because I will probably not be on it, but... You know, knock on wood, hopefully she, she'll live to be 105 or 110. I'm not saying so. But um, to look back on her time in the Senate and to say that you're not going to... When we, we have this crisis barreling down at us and they're saying that any remedy to it is aspirational. And then we hear this bullshit from Chuck Todd who is an irritant, and, but of course, that irritant gets a show, gets, a, gets, to, gets to interview all the players in the game. He doesn't want to offend them, right? But he says, well, I, the S word. It's such a dirty word. Why is he, why is he framing it like that? I mean, why don't you inform your viewers, Chuck, about what socialism is? What countries are socialists? 
and what and how about the the 10 top happiest countries on earth those are all socialist democratic socialist countries that have that uh, you know they 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 do believe they have a culture of life they don't leave people dead on the streets not like this hypocrisy this all we love families you know in other countries they if you have a baby, they send you the the government sends you a care package, of uh, and you get family leave, medical leave for both mothers and fathers for a long period of time, and it's and it's paid. So what is wrong with this country? They're supposed to be the richest country on earth. Then we have these whiny ass billionaires who they just they just can't get enough, which makes me sick. That's why I'm sick, really, because. When you think about when he's saying, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? I can't even remember his name. He just slipped out of my mind. That a-hole who, uh, the Starbucks guy, who's like, well, I want to be called a person of wealth. I don't want, because we got to remember, he's a person too. Not that that he really, what the hell did he ever do to earn uh, billions of dollars? The fact is, when you get to a certain amount of wealth, you, it, the, the system is designed to funnel more money into your pockets. So you pay less taxes. So you have more tax loopholes. And you can, you know, you could uh, avoid paying taxes. Even, I mean, look at this deal in Amazon here. That I live here in Long Island City where they, where they stopped the deal. And, uh, I mean, what was the deal? They came, uh, Amazon came to town and they were like, um, this is it. Take it or leave it. And... So uh, that's not a deal. That is being held hostage. So the, oh, 45,000 jobs. You know, Google came to town in, uh, in New York City, and they didn't have the same demands, and they, they hire a lot of workers. And, you know, I mean, this, but this Jeff Bezos, I guess he doesn't seem to think that he needs to contribute to the society that helps him, uh, that, that helps him funnel more money to, into his coffers. Why does one person need a, a, what does he have? A hundred billion dollars. Why does one person need a hundred billion dollars? One human being, when the majority of Americans cannot handle a $400 emergency, that is just, it's not, un, it's not just unconscionable, it's undemocratic, it's, it's, it's the death knell of democracy. And these senators should not be working to increase the gap between rich and poor. They should be explaining if, if somehow it got off the rails and they didn't know that uh, people didn't, they lost their way or, uh, you know, didn't, they forgot that the rich used to pay the the bulk of the taxes, and corporations used to pay a uh, a high tax rate. Now corporations pay zero. Why are we paying more taxes than corporations? Then so these senators can turn around and say, "Oh, we can't afford it." You want health care? We can't afford it. Like every other country on earth, we can't afford it. How about higher education? Oh no, I don't believe in that. That's just too aspirational to me. I think down the road we can have... Yeah, when, when democracy is really hanging on its last life thread, we'll maybe we'll throw you a bone. I don't know. We'll, we'll increase unemployment insurance another 10 weeks for a time. 
like the tax breaks for the rich. Well, those tax breaks will expire for you, even though the, a lot of most people didn't get a tax break. I got I have uh, news for you. They didn't get one, but the rich did. And they par- they're partying like it's 1999 out there on our on our backs, as they always do. So he's so Chuck Todd's talking about the S word like it's it's a dirty word. Are you a moron, Chuck Todd? Well, I mean, I guess I answered my own question. Yes, you are. You're not just you're not a moron. You're a sycophant, which is worse. And they sit in the fourth estate, which is the only uh, profession that is protected by in the Constitution and enshrined in the Constitution for a reason. And they commit malpractice day after day, putting these little, these, these, the, in our minds, putting in the minds of the American people, this bullshit, there's a war on wealth. How about there's a war on democracy, Chuck, that if we don't do something about this, this, this disgusting income inequality, this egregious uh, gap between the rich and poor, that democracy is is aspirational. I mean, I guess we have been. At, that's really the way it's been. Democracy has never really come to fruition in this country. We've always had racist assholes, and uh, we've always had people who couldn't participate. So, and now it's really. What are we now? Uh, it's a plutocracy. When you have the wants and needs of working people with who have a statistically insignificant effect on government policy, what is that? So when those those children come into Diane Feinstein's office and she just skewers them and they're they're upset. You can see this this little girl, she's like, but we're gonna have to pay for this. We're we will have the consequences of this. And this government's supposed to be of the people, by the people I mean it's heartbreaking. That, yeah, I, this, uh, this poor little girl still believes that. It's supposed to be of the people, for the people, by the people. Of the people? If, unless the people are majority millionaires, this ain't of the people. Because the majority of, of not just senators, but House members are millionaires now. That's, that's a new phenomenon. That never, that wasn't the case, because the house was supposed to be the people's house. It was supposed to be like the House of Commons, closer to the people. That's why you have elections more often. And the Senate, it's supposed to be like the House of Lords. But, you know, if uh, the House of Commons is filled with millionaires, when the majority of the American people can't, ha- can't handle a $400 emergency, what does that say? about the governance of this, of this country. It says that they are committing malpractice. Yes, we want Democrats in there because Democrats don't let you starve in the street. But we need Democrats who actually work for democracy. What does it mean to be a Democrat? If you're staring income inequality in the face again and again, you, and she's been a part of it. You've been there for 30 years. Well, you've seen the decline of the American working class firsthand. And what have you done? Through Democratic administrations, Republican administrations, it's, it's been fine, I guess. She's, what has she done? What has she done that's bold? Has she taken bold action when we have this crisis? I mean, she lives in California, right? I mean, California is burning. And uh, there, what is she doing about it? 
Oh, well, you know, we have our own Green New Deal. The one that doesn't upset the oil lobbyists that fund her campaign. Well, I mean, why do we have legal bribery built right into the system? This is how we get rid of all these plutocrats. They, they take these roles because it's like a hobby to them. They don't care. They like it. It's, it gives them power. It gives them something to... They, they like having um, expensive cocktail parties with lobbyists who come in and they pay for everything. They love it. They love having their asses kissed in the halls of power, just like Paul Ryan. Remember Paul Ryan used... While they were debating Obamacare, while Paul Ryan was figuring out ways to screw you out of health care, of course he had health care, him and his family... And all of the Republicans in Congress, they had health care. But he sat around in Washington and restaurants in Washington drinking $350 bottles of wine with corporate lobbyists, discussing ways to stop Obamacare. He was caught by a, by a journalist who, you know, who Trump hates and, and the right wing hates because they hate America. Well, I mean, how do you hate the... Uh, the the fourth estate. How do you hate? They're they're such strict constitutionalists, right? They love. They remember they used to carry around their constitutions and, oh, this you can't do this Obamacare here. I'll have you read my constitution here. You, go. you know, it's like as if it doesn't say in there over and over again. Promote the general welfare. What does it? What does the general welfare mean? If it doesn't mean that you can go to a doctor when sick, like every other person on earth without going bankrupt how's that without wondering about your co-pays and co-insurance like this is what you got to do when you're sick you got to worry oh uh, i'm stressed out now now i'm getting calls from creditors oh i didn't pay my care credit card on time because <sighs> i'm sorry i got cancer yeah listen we want and then that that um that idiot uh you know who's a capitalist whatever he he, he funded his own campaign because he's such a capitalist. We want successful people. Because you can't be successful at anything else but making money, right? Or, or and being a soldier, right? That's what it means to be a success in this country. You forget being a teacher or a doctor or a nurse or somebody who, uh, or an artist or somebody who has a passion, a writer to do something, to contribute to civilization. You got to be, you got to figure out some scam to funnel more money into your pockets, you know, and then you're, you're good to go. But he's like, oh, I'm all for affordable health care. I want it to be affordable. Who, I mean, if I hear that word, those words again, I need uh, about, uh, from Democrats about we are, we are for affordable health care. What is affordable health care when you got, when you got a serious illness, what's affordable Especially when, a, when a, a, an insurance company, when the, the workers of the insurance company get out of bed in the morning to figure out ways to deny you care. What's affordable? It's ridiculous that we have to put up with this, that we continue to put up with it, and that, you, they, that the Republican Party even has dupes cheering uh, that, about uh, that they don't like Obamacare. They don't want, you know, they don't want anything. They don't want no benefits. You know, let it all go to Trump's grifter pockets. Don't worry, Trump will be fine. That grifter, that useless traitor will be fine. Right? I mean, but what, these idiots, what was I going to say? The, uh, it just never stops. But, no, because there's so many things. Uh, 
because I wanted to talk about that uh, a couple of things. I'll talk about the guy, the Coast Guard guy in the second hour, which is unbelievable. I mean, of course it is, right? But the other thing, this happened a, a couple of days ago, um, earlier in the week, which, but it speaks volumes about where we are in this world. And what, and now tell me again how, how, how Republicans and how the Trump assholes uh, continuously say how we are finally respected again. No one is laughing at us again. And so Pence, let me just play this. Of course, goes to to this meeting in Europe, and he, and he mentions Trump's name. Hold on, let's just play it. I want to invite all of you to thank Senator Lindsey Graham for leading this delegation. And to them and all of you, I bring greetings from a great champion of freedom and a strong national defense who has worked with these members of Congress to strengthen America's military might and to strengthen the leadership of the free world. I bring greetings from the 45th President of the United States of America, President Donald Trump. Talk about a diss. Cold, right? This cold chili. And he, his face, he's, he is a real good ass licker, that guy. The perfect one. And, uh, but the, what's even more disturbing, not only that, it's that, first of all, why are they even applauding for Lindsey Graham? I mean, Lindsey Graham is part of the, so if they applaud for Lindsey Graham, and then they don't applaud for Twitler. Well, they should—they should—they shouldn't applaud for Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham is a—is another bootlicker. He's another sycophant to a con man. But I guess whatever. They're being polite, but not to that—that that Twitler moron. Not to the idiot. And so the other thing that they did was—and that well, that's the—that's uh, not the first time. During where's the other one? Pence asked the asked them to withdraw from the Iran deal, but because he's an he's an idiot, he's just like them. There, that's all they, that the Republican Party has done since they've got their greedy fingers around the neck of power is dismantled. He's not a deal maker; he's a deal breaker. They've dismantled the deals, and how are we going to be trusted in the world when this idiot is, is mocking the deals that we make and flying around kissing dictator ass? But the European, our European being democratic allies, our once European democratic allies, aren't stupid. They know who he is. They've seen his like before. So, but Pence, this is Pence asking them to withdraw from the Iran deal to no applause. The time has come for our European partners to withdraw from the Iran nuclear deal and join with us as we bring the economic and diplomatic pressure necessary to give the Iranian people, the region, and the world the peace, security, and freedom they deserve. We must not let this opportunity... Oof. 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 Oofa. Oofa. What the hell? He, I mean... 
I, he just paused for the applause. But the other thing that uh, is is pretty much just like Twitler, um, in keeping with his authoritarianism and his uh, you know his incessant lying in on the White House website. Oh, <clears throat> sorry, on the White House transcript, he uh, well they not he whoever wrote the transcript. Um, wrote that there there was applause after. So he wrote, we, we send greetings from the 45th president of the United States, Donald Trump. And in brackets it said applause. Because that's who they are. They are con men, traitors, fascists. They are authoritarians. There is no currency to truth anymore. They, they wouldn't know truth if it bit them on the balls. Because... Truth? What is truth? Truth interferes with the authoritarian dictator. They have no need for truth. They make up their truth. And it's, this started a long time ago. This started, I mean, it's like, how many Republican administrations ago have we been dealing with these liars? They lie us into war. They lie us into, uh, into, into division, into anything. They'll just say, they lie us, they're trying to lie us into a wall now. An embarrassing eyesore of a wall with concertina wire because they're the, these cowards, these disgraces to America. It's not enough that they have funneled more money to the top than any other industrialized nation. They got to have it all. They don't want you being able to handle a $400 emergency. F that. They, want you, they don't want you to handle a $200 emergency. Forget it. Forget it. Because they don't want you uppity. They want you nice and compliant. And, not, and they want you to say, I'm a capitalist. The, the same morons who can't handle a $400 emergency are the one. I'm not saying everybody who's a moron. I'm just saying the ones who are morons are the ones who are, ha- who are saying, I'm not a cap- I mean, I'm a capitalist. Meanwhile, they can't handle a $400 emergency. How, well, how's that capitalism working out for you? I mean, capitalism without regulation is, is a nightmare for, for the human race. What will it do? It has brought species to extinction. And now th- just this last week, we lost a, a, a species of mouse went extinct in Australia. And then, oh, well, who cares about a mouse? Well, um, everything is in balance. So you, when the species are going extinct, that's a problem. And that's why Republicans, when they're, certain things have happened when they've tried to build something, whatever, they always mock, oh, well, you know, they, they care about the spotted owl or whatever. It's because we understand we are in concert with the rest of the species on this planet. We can't be all alone here. You can't eliminate a species and not feel the consequences. And there's a lot of consequences from climate change where species now we've seen just this past week a species go extinct because of climate change and these morons are still denying it and they oh we got our own green new deal because instead of bold action let's just throw a band-aid on a bleeding artery and we don't want to piss off the the benefactors the donors Right? Why do we have a donor class in this country? That's another thing I hear Chuck Todd talking about all the time. 
The donor class. The donor class. What the hell is a donor class? What kind of democracy has a donor class? Okay? I mean, hello? A donor class? In a, demo- in a liberal democracy, we have a donor class? That's bull s. Um, it's, and that, and I guess they're there, these media mouthpieces are there to make it seem normal. Just like Trump's horrible behavior, his dictator envying, uh, uh, tweets, all of his, his disgraceful, um, his inability to spell everything. They're all, that's all supposed to be normal now, right? We're all supposed to take that as normal. But his, uh, his attacking journalists, his, um, I mean, and now, I mean, now Trump is, I keep saying I mean, I don't know why. I, I'm a little bit sick, guys. I'm sorry. But thank you for hanging out with me when I'm sick. I have to say, I do feel it. And uh, let's hope I get better soon. But um, that's probably why I'm, I'm a little bit bl- uh, I hope it's not annoying you, and, you know, we do what we can, while we can. Hopefully, I'm good. Hopefully, I'm not going to die. I'm sure it's just the flu. I mean, why would I have the flu, and then it goes away, and then it comes back? You know what I mean? Because it's a killer flu. That's what's happening. It's a killer-ass flu going on in this country. But anyway, and there are other things I want to talk I'm just watching the time here. Because <clears throat> I'm going I'm to take a break, you know, at the hour. And But there's other things going on. Um, but I don't want to talk about the Coast Guard yet because that's just... I want to talk about that in the second hour. But one thing that I also saw this week, I don't know. Oh, well, I mean, there's so many other things like Man, What's his name? Um, not Manafort. Um, Roger Stone. I don't know if... Well, he pled... I don't know why he's not in jail. So it's... Could you imagine if a person of color uh, was released on bail and then it, on his Instagram account tweeted uh, the photo of the judge called her a deep state hitman. Well, no, he called Robert Mueller. Deep state hitman Robert Mueller and um, and uh, my upcoming show trial before Judge Amy Berman Jackson, an Obama appointee judge who dismissed the Benghazi charges against Hillary Clinton and incarcerated Paul Manafort prior to his conviction for any crime. I mean, this guy is a, not a, he's a whiner, he's a liar. He's a traitor. And so he tweets a picture of the judge with, a, with, with crosshairs near her head and then goes into court. Why is he not in jail? So uh, because he's white and rich, right? Uh, because if, if it was a black person or a person of color who did that, who had no means, that person would be swiftly taken to jail without mercy. But, but Manafort, I mean, not Manafort, uh, Roger Stone goes in there who's this dirty trickster for years. He calls himself proudly a dirty trickster. And in the, in the vein of Lee Atwater, who Lee Atwater, if we remember, when he was on his deathbed, he, he was diagnosed with brain cancer at the age of 44. 
And he went around, um, well, on the phone. He, was, he called people, all those who he had harmed through his dirty tricks, to apologize to them for what he had done to this country. So I always say to these Republicans, just please don't wait till you're on your deathbed to apologize for the harm you've done to this country. Because what he said in court, it's, it's just more evidence that he's, a, he's just a con man. He was like, oh, judge, I, uh, I need to make money, and this is how I make money, because he's a grifter. He plays on the conspiracy theory fears. It doesn't matter who he's te- that he's tearing down the United States of America, that he's weakening us from the inside, that he's a traitor. It doesn't, but that's what his whole defense was, oh, I, I feel so stupid, I'm sorry. You are stupid. Not only that, you're greedy and you're a grifter. And he um, has, they don't love this country. That's the whole offense about the entire right-wing agenda, that they, they, pantomime, uh, they pantomime patriotism to pretend that they love this country, but they hate this country. They hate democracy. They, they want everything to do. They want to do whatever they can to tear people apart. That's how they make money. That's what Roger Stone basically said. I'm so sorry. I feel so stupid. I need to pay for my legal fees. This is how I pay. So he he tweets or he uh, Instagrams this photo of the judge uh, and basically putting her in the line of fire for some right-wing nut, for the right-wing nut du jour, right? And this is how he makes money. But I'm sorry, Judge. I don't know what I'm going to do without my money. Um, I made a career out of tearing down the United States of America. How can I? Uh, how can I keep my mouth shut? I got to keep tearing it down. Otherwise, I won't be able to pay my legal bills. This is what he told her. I'm so sorry. I feel so stupid. He was real. And no Nixon salute when he got out of the courtroom this time. The 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 he is a con man. It, but who got caught? That's what it is. So he, you know, he reeled it in. Oh, he could reel it in. He don't need to do a Nixon salute. Get a get a real job. Why don't you get a job doing something good for the for the universe for once in your rotten, useless life? But no, that's that's not who they are. That's not who Republicans are. This is who they surround themselves with. And you know, as much as I rail against the corporate wing of the Democratic Party, I don't really see. Democrats hanging out with low lives like Roger Stone. I think they're they're not welcome in the Democratic Party. You know what I mean? I mean, we we should not welcome a lot of these billionaire grifters either, and we need to get money out of politics. That's really the root of all evil. And that's how we get this country back, frankly. Sorry. <sighs> anyway, but I saw that and I, when he was, uh, Roger Stone did nothing wrong. He's wearing t-shirts. What, I mean, you, do you have any dignity, moron? He's, his whole brand is that he's a victim of the deep state, whatever that is. The deep state happens to be, uh, those bureaucrats working to save democracy from the likes of grifters, conmen's, and traitors, Right? Con men's, con man's, con woman's. 
But that's what they call the deep state. And what's scary is they have morons following them. And uh, that's what's real. It is scary because as we saw this week with this Coast Guard guy that, that we just found out about, even though they arrested him over a week ago, that it's, it's seeping in to the brains of the very weak-minded. Uh, not everybody sees. That's what, that, this is what is so disturbing to me. Even in my fever brain, I could see that Trump is a con man. We all, I, I, we have seen this for years. That is why New York voted against him. Do you think that New York is not stupid? If Trump was a legitimate businessman who legitimately had something to offer the people of the United States, those in his hometown would have voted for him. But we know him. We know that he's a grifter. We have been dealing with his BS for generations, for as long as we can remember. He's been putting himself on, on, the ma- on magazines. He's been, oh, uh, best sex of my life. Remember that one? He called up the Post, and because he had a contact at the Post, said that Marla Maples said that Trump was the best, best sex she ever had. She didn't say that. She's, he said, hey, honey... This is what happened. He called them up and said, hey, honey, um, didn't you say I was the best sex you ever had? And in the background, she was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, what's she going to say? No, I've had better. (laughs) I mean, she's married to the guy now, right? What are you going to say? Yeah, yeah. So they put that on on the cover of the New York Post because that's important. But that's what Trump is. He's he's a grifter. It's like his Trump Network vitamins and his Trump University. His everything is a, is a show. Of course, this moron Roger Stone with the with the Nixon tattoo on his back. Oh, you, you have a criminal on your back. There's no difference than him to uh, it, the, him and any gangster. Except, actually, you know, I was talking with my friend Michael Miller the other day, who runs our RDT Daily fans group, and we were we were bringing up. Uh, so please join the group. He's also a meme. You've probably seen him, the man, the meme. I call him the moderator, the man, the meme, the mo- <laughs> moderator. But uh, he's a meme of him holding a sign at Occupy Wall Street that says Fox News, rich people telling middle class people to hate. To blame poor people? Anyway. But we were saying that even during the war, like, these, these morons, these grifters are traitors. And they, they, they have no love for this country. So, and we were recalling that even during World War II, the, the mob had standards. The mob, the, the mafia of the United States protected the ports here in... Uh, and, and the war industry from, from labor strikes and whatnot to keep the machines running, to keep the troops, uh, whatever, you know, in, with their gear, in they, to keep the economy going. To, they protected the ports, and they did not trade with the enemy. Unlike who? Uh, Prescott Bush. Unlike these Republicans, Prescott Bush was literally... Um, fined with the training um, under the Training with the Enemies Act, 
And so when you think about Trump and uh, Manafort and all these, and uh, uh, what's his name, the General Flynn and Roger Stone and all these grifters and traitors who are pleading guilty and going to jail, and they've some of them have been charged with conspiracy against the United States. So um, that seems like a pretty heavy crime, conspiracy against the United States. So even the mob had standards; they wouldn't betray their country, uh, especially during war. And what has Trump done? We 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 are under attack by Putin again and again. He says, oh, "I don't know." He says he didn't do it. It's like Hitler. I don't know. He, he says he's not uh, gassing people. He's not uh, having roundups. He says that. I don't know. Who am I going to believe? Who am I going to believe? <sighs> this is why the, the world sits silently when Donald Trump's name is mentioned. Well, the, the normal world. The decent world. <clears throat> The world that we used to consider our allies. And hopefully we will again. I mean, it's going to take a long time for them, for our al- Democratic allies to really trust this country again. And not only that, when you, when you think about this is the, the damage that Putin has done to this country, the, to democracy. How, how is this system of government something that other fledgling governments would would aspire to they would never they would never follow us down this rabbit hole with these grifters and tra- traitors and treasonous con men they have truly disgraced this country all right i'm going to take a break about 8 minutes and i want to thank you for sticking with me i know i look like not that good <laughs> and i'm not feeling that good so, what the hell, man? Okay, here it is. And so it'll be, you know, Green News Report, Labor History, and I'll see you in eight minutes. I'll, my name is Tara Devlin. I'll see you on the other side. Now, the top of the hour on the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn presents the Green News Report. The Environmental Protection Agency is being urged to take action on toxic chemicals. EPA's action plan on toxic chemicals in your drinking water? Take action later. Australian court blocks coal mine on climate change grounds. January was the third hottest January on record globally. Plus, the Trump administration is planning to cancel $929 million slated for California's high-speed rail project. Trump administration wants California's high-speed rail funding back. All of those take-backs and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. The Trump administration has called the contamination a public relations nightmare. Oh, toxic chemicals in our drinking water is a public relations nightmare. Imagine how those people dying from cancer feel. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, I'll try to calm down from that 
toxic chemicals story for a moment. What do you have to kick us off today? Well, first up, January 2019 was the third hottest January globally since record keeping began in the 1880s. That's according to NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. You're not calming me down. Oh, sorry. That is despite a portion of the United States experiencing that record cold polar vortex that unleashed another round of nonsense from climate science deniers. Only January 2016 and January 2016 17 were hotter than last month. Remember when the Trump administration was caught last fall trying to bury its own study on two toxic chemicals found in most U.S. drinking water supplies because it would be, quote, a PR nightmare? Yes, yes, I do. Well, late last week, Trump EPA acting administrator Andrew Wheeler unveiled what he called an historic effort to limit those chemicals used in nonstick cookware and other consumer applications. And seeping into our water supply and on paper used at fast food restaurants and on our carpets and our couches and everything else. Yes, please continue. Yes, PFAS chemicals persist for hundreds of years and are linked to serious illnesses like kidney and testicular cancer and contaminate the drinking water of millions of Americans. But the EPA's historic action plan turns out to be no action, but a promise to do more research and eventually establish federal limits in drinking water. Oh, well, take your time. What's the rush? That's exactly what Democratic Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer of New York said in a press conference when he criticized the EPA for moving too slowly. They have agreed to set an MCL. That's a good thing, a maximum level. What they haven't told us is two things. How long it'll take and will the level be stringent enough so that it really protects people. And a former official for Coke Industries, one of the most polluting companies in America, is now at the EPA, playing a key role in setting those limits on contamination, which could have major financial repercussions for his former employer. You are so not calming me down. Meanwhile, the Trump administration Department of Transportation says it is canceling a $900 million grant to the California High Speed Rail Project and is, quote, actively exploring every legal option to claw back nearly $2 billion dollars in federal funding for the project. That's after the state's new Democratic governor, Gavin Newsom, last week announced that he is scaling back the project due to cost overruns and delays. Newsom noted that a central segment of the route is already under construction, and he called the demand, quote, political retribution by President Trump because California sued to stop Trump's border wall. Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti on MSNBC Agreed. Should the state of California pay that money back or not? Absolutely not. Um, and I think the president forgets there's a second branch called Congress. It's been appropriated by the Congress and it's being put into a project uh, that will build high speed rail. You can't just choose your enemies and friends and decide as an imperial president to take away their funds because you don't like where they come from. Finally, some good news. A landmark ruling in Australia, the world's top coal exporter. A high court for the first time has rejected a crucial permit for a new open pit coal mine in New South Wales on the grounds that the mine will contribute to dangerous global warming. And renewable energy has muscled its way into the global energy system faster than any fuel in human history and is likely to be the world's main source of power within 20 years. That's according to the lefty tree huggers at British Petroleum. What? In its annual energy outlook, BP predicts that demand for its own oil will continue to rise, but it projects that global oil demand will peak in the 2030s, several years earlier than it predicted last year, and that renewables will displace coal as the world's top source of power within a decade. Wow. Well, that is good news, but 
it didn't help. For much Sorry. more on all of those stories and the ones we couldn't get to, stop by our website, please, at greennews.bradblog.com. You can make me feel better by stopping by bradblog.com slash donate to help Desi and me celebrate 10 years of the Green News Report over your public airwaves, as we are doing this week. Thanks to those of you who have already stopped by bradblog.com slash donate. Find, follow, and share us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyne. And this has been your Green News Report. To admit it's getting better. Please help progressive voices support the Green News Report by stopping by bradblog.com slash donate. I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1913. That was the day some 24,000 workers in Patterson, New Jersey, walked out of 300 silk mills and dye houses to demand the eight-hour day, better working conditions, and a return to the two-loom system. Mill owners attempted to introduce a reduction of the workforce by doubling the number of looms workers ran from two to four. Descendants of strikers recalled a 55-hour work week and children as young as nine working in the mills. The strike started started in late January at Doherty Mills and soon spread to become a general strike. Leaders from the industrial workers of the world like Big Bill Haywood, Elizabeth Gurley Flynn, and Carlo Tresca organized rallies, strike support, and food pantries for the silk workers. The police routinely attacked picket lines, and as many as 1,850 workers were arrested during the course of the strike. Socialists like John Reed put on a massive public pageant at New York City's Madison Square Garden that reenacted the strike to raise strike relief funds. 35,000 turned out to hear Upton Sinclair address the strikers. Having stockpiled surplus product, manufacturers were able to outlast workers who by July were practically starving. A main cause of the strike's failure was the introduction of labor-saving technology that served to reduce the need for highly skilled workers and drive down wages. The strike may have failed in many of its demands, but silk workers were able to beat back the implementation of the four-loom system for almost a decade. They would finally win the eight-hour day in 1919. Importantly, the strike succeeded in uniting male and female workers across ethnic and craft lines. Labor History in Two brought to you by the Illinois Labor History Society and The Rick Smith Show. For more information, go to laborhistoryin2.com. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for hanging out. My name is Tara Devlin. We meet here every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And we are rebroadcast starting Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app or GDPR Revolution 99, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Twitch. We're on now. So I have to say I'm not feeling well. I probably look like ass warmed over. I'm really sorry. What are you going to do? I mean, I'm only human. I could have been born incredibly beautiful at, on all occasions, but I was, I chose to be born incredibly interesting. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm being an idiot because I have, I do have a slight fever. I took my temperature when we were on the 
break, and it's a it's not a high fever. It's it's like ninety nine point nine, so that's not really considered a fever. It didn't beep. Is that a fever? I don't know. I feel warm. Whatever. I'm going to bed after this. I'm going to bed, and I'm not getting up till Monday morning. That's all I have to say. And that's just the way it's going to be, people. So you're going to have to go to the barricades without me this weekend. And But I, I have faith in you. Anyway, so I was just reading again about... And, oh, also, please, like I always say, donate, become a patron. And uh, that would help us to be a fully functioning... Uh, website. I mean, we have a lot of followers on Facebook, but, you know, getting people to do something on Facebook is like pulling teeth. But um, I think that over time, this is why I wanted to do the show today, too. I didn't want to miss another show. I don't want to miss any shows because I only do them once a week and you can't miss. You ha- it, consistency is key, and this is why it's sort of like I'm in a catch-22, like I was saying earlier. If I did the show every day, we'd probably have more followers that would donate, and we'd find a bigger audience. But <clears throat> because it's a once-a-week deal, it's kind of hard to convince people, I guess. And we're, uh... So anyway, if you can do what you can to share the show and help us grow, it's not just mi- my show, it's the... Um, it's it's also the site because we have writers that write on the site and these this is these are all independent w- journalists working so we want to keep it going we don't have the mercer family we only have each other right okay and i'm got a fever all right so i do what i can if i was really i mean i had 102 fever last couple weeks ago whenever i had the flu the first time I just, I couldn't do the show that day because I could barely keep my eyes open. That's the other thing. I, I was knocked out, conked out. I think that's the way your body is. It's like, sorry, we need to fight the invaders. You're going to bed. So I was, I just really, it was like I was bit by a tiki fly or something. I couldn't, well, not a tiki torch, some kind of fly that makes you go to sleep. Like a dart hit me or something. Anyway, it was really hard. I, I I was thinking about doing the show that day, but I couldn't do it. I just couldn't keep... And I had to go to the hospital. That's what happened. I went to the hospital at 6 o'clock at night, but I thought it was 6 a.m. in the morning. That's what was so discombobulating because I was, like, fevered in the brain. And I thought it was 6 a.m. on Sunday, and I woke up and the fever was higher. So I was like, oh, I, gotta, I better go to the hospital. So I called a cab, and I got in, and I remember saying... Why are there so many people out at, on 6 a.m. On, on Sunday? This is so weird. Right? I just couldn't get it out of my mind that it was not 6 a.m. on Sunday. <laughs> but, but anyway, I'm glad I went, but now I'm sick again. So I guess I, it didn't go away completely, it's, which is concerning. But anyway, I was really sick on Thursday. Really, really bad. And now I'm much better, 80%. So we're going in the right direction. So thank you, guys, for your support and your concern. And I'm sorry to keep talking about it, but it is what it is. I got to be honest. So, all right. Um, So a couple of things. First of all, I don't know which one to do first. Let's just do the uh, this 
this domestic terrorist. Now, I, I, if you watch Fox News, the only thing that's going on on Fox News is this this actor, Jamie, whatever the heck his name is, who faked or supposedly, allegedly, who knows, a crime. What's this guy's name? Jamie. Is it Jamie? What is his name? Somebody tell me. You know what I'm saying. The Empire Star. Who, who faked this crime. But the thing that's so... That's so weird. I don't know if he faked it. Apparently, he's still saying it, he didn't fake it. But uh, Jesse, not Jesse, Jesse Smollett. I don't watch that show. What the hell do I know? Um, but that uh, it was a publicity side. But the thing that, of course, it was it rang true. It's not that it was so out of character of these MAGA morons to inflict violence upon people. We, all you have to do is a search. On, let's see, Trump-inspired violence. Let's just do it here. Trump-inspired violence. Let's see. So there is a website called americasvoice.org, and they have a map called the Trump Hate Map. Let's see. President... Elect. Well, I guess they're not up- updating this map. Donald Trump's xenophobic rhetoric didn't just push fellow candidates to the right on immigration. It's gone beyond the political world and injected itself into everyday life, and in many instances across dozens of states in very violent ways. This map shows documented instances where President-elect... Tr- Don- I mean, now this map will be covered, I'm sure. Donald Trump... His supporters, his staff, have harassed or attacked Latinos, immigrants, Muslims, African Americans, or any other minority or marginalized groups. That's what they do. This is, I mean, what really pisses me off, too, not just uh, uh, on so many levels, is they're attacking, I mean, everything pisses me off, them attacking any group. Because it's the it's the height of cowardness, or is that a word? Coward, cowardice, and cowardness. You see what I'm saying? I'm not thinking clearly. It is to to stir up hate against a targeted minority group when people in positions of of leadership should be doing all that they can to use their platform to inform the misinformed, not in, encourage their ignorance. But that's what Trump supporters are, are encouraged to do. They are encouraged to nurse their prejudices like a little baby sucking on their binkies. That's, it's the truth. And now they go after transgendered human beings, which these cowardly Republicans, which this is why you, you could throw a rock in the uh, uh, randomly or whatever something soft that won't hurt their their delicate snowflake skins in a uh in a republican convention and hit a closet case who uh, uh hates himself who ha- doesn't have the courage to live an authentic life but they go after transgendered uh, human beings because they are misunderstood and now they're coming out of the closet a lot of them and there's been advances in, uh, I guess, in confirmation surgeries. And, and people, there are other role models for transgender. And this is why transgendered youth are, and like gay and lesbian youth, 
are have very high instances of suicide because they they can't I guess they're they they're harassed they're mercilessly attacked when you have these the so-called president of the United States attacking you attacking your your who you are your kind because it somehow gets him votes there's nothing more disgusting than that to just throw these people under the bus who are now i believe that transgendered human beings are they have more courage than any of these filthy fascist republicans could ever muster in 20,000 lifetimes because they're they're in spite of the republican rhetoric of hate and misinformation and c- coming after them uh, with bathroom bills and bullshit that they're living an authentic life in spite of it knowing that this is this is the life that they get and they don't want to live in the closet like a republican freak show who hates himself and herself i guess too and they because they don't want to they don't they want to be part of the herd that's what it is with the republicans they're very uh, they've done studies on conservatives let's say where they are wedded to hierarchy they and that's what it is they they want everybody in their place they think the world is a very scary place so they need to have uh this set of hierarchy where men, straight white men are at the top and then women, I guess, you know, as long as they shut their mouths and, and down we go. Or the woman, in a, a Republican woman, is a, a bigger misogynist than the Republican man. You can't be a woman in the Republican Party who, is, who embraces being a woman or, or whatever, you know, traditionally female characteristics. They consider that weak when it really is the opposite. The Republicans are weak. They uh, lack of compassion. That's weak. Lack of uh, curiosity, intellectual curiosity. The their whole thing about building a wall. That's weak. They're weak as they they are just. I don't even know. Weak as what? They're weak as a kitten. But kittens are cute. So they're not weak as kittens. They're weak as what? Uh, slugs. I guess slugs are weak. But they, um, and so it really irritates me when they, uh, that, well, of course, they're not getting the same bang out of the, the bang for their buck out of attacking gay and, and lesbian people. But they have to continue to stir up hatred and ignorance against transgendered human, human beings because they're, they got to get something out of their hate. Why wouldn't they just allow human beings to live their lives because they they're they're babies i've said this before they're infants they're like king ba- i mean they got a king baby president and they they need to know like babies are very um fascinated by their peepees and i don't think republicans ever grow out of that so if you got a peepee there it's hard for them to understand like maybe your brain and your peepee are don't match. You have you might have the brain of a of a female and the peepee of a male. I mean it happens. There's so many things that can go uh, in in the womb. So many uh, trigger points that have to have to happen. That you know maybe the peepee whatever something went wrong and you got a peepee when you shouldn't. 
You got a when you should have a a vajayjay. I don't even. I never. I think I've never said that word in my life, but. But that's what they are. They're the pee-pee police. And if you're a transgendered human being, why they're in spite of these these hateful bigots, these ignorant and who some of them aren't even ignorant. They understand that, but they use it anyway, to to. I guess, reach out to the evangelicals, right? I mean, what good have evangelicals ever done for this country? Because they're, they, are, they are unabashed hypocrites beyond belief. I mean, if Jesus came back, as they so-called say he will, they'd crucify him again, no doubt. As soon as he starts talking about um, giving up all your wealth and following him, they'll be like, what are you, so- you socialist? I'm a, I'm a capitalist. What are you, uh, what is this war on wealth? War on wealth. There's a war on wealth, all right, but it's war on people with no wealth. That's for sure. It's war on the working class. And these Republicans who cheer these monsters, the, the, these average Joe Republicans that cheer the Republican leadership, they think, they really do think that uh, Republicans are working for them? Uh, that's what's so baffling to me. And as soon as they have an experience, let's say, like, for one thing, I remember seeing this story about this woman who had a child, and the child turned out to be transgendered. And she was trying to help her child. And was understanding and letting the the kid be I don't remember if it was a boy or a girl or whatever what the transition was but they and all of her church friends abandoned ship they wouldn't talk to her anymore they wouldn't uh they they weren't supportive at all because why that's what Jesus would do right so they're so ignorant that, and this woman, and I never forget it, because she said they. I felt like they left me on the battlefield. I'm in the I'm in the war of my life, and they left me on the battlefield. And that's that's the Republican way, Miss. It certainly is. They'll leave you every time. They leave. They celebrate when they leave people on the battlefield. Don't you know that? So. Anyway, I just got off on that rant. I don't know why. I just was transgender. It just pisses me off. I, I mean, I have a lot of respect for people who are transgendered and going through that, and, and they finally come out as who they are. It, it's inspiring. That's courage. That's courage. Not being a grifter, not kicking old ladies out of their homes, not inflicting a, a tyranny on rent-controlled apartments. That's not... And, or, or inflict... Or, uh, what do you call it? Uh, sicking your lawyers on the poor who have no means to fight back. That's what Trump and, and Jared Kushner do. That's how they make their money. That's how they make... In real estate, that's what Kushner does. I mean, this is... It's really true that uh, Ivanka married her daddy in some, some way... Because that's what he did. They bought up all these distressed apartments, all these Section 8 apartments, the, the uh, Kushner, whatever, real estate. And then they, and then they sicked their army of lawyers on those who couldn't fight back. That, and that's courage? That's somebody you want in the position of power. 
But, I mean, look at who we're talking about. We're talking about people who praise dictators and incite violence inside this country. They, they will not be happy until this country is ripped apart so they can suck profit out of the, out of the fissures, right? So um, this week we found out that there was a, <clears throat> another domestic terrorist that this time a, a Coast Guard lieutenant which in the in the military, which I was in, unlike all the uh, every single Trump in recorded history, um, they don't they're not if they find out you're a right winger or a cake. Well, I mean, not right winger, a KKK, a racist, all that you're not you're getting thrown out. So I don't know how he got in and stayed in for as long as he did. So, I mean, he was hiding in plain sight. And that not only was he, he could, he could just be kicked out for being a fascist freak that he is, but the, um, he got kicked out finally when they, I don't know how they caught him. The FBI caught him. I guess he was doing searches and let me see, let me see. Um, and let me just play this because today this, they, they asked Trump because he hadn't mentioned it and it wasn't reported in the news. And it was only found out by uh, by accident or whatever. I don't even know. I can't remember. I'm, I got a fever. And they, but this is something that you would usually hear about right away. And not only because of th- that the, the law enforcement is boasting about the the work they've done, but because it actually makes the public safer. They, it puts the public on guard to look for the signs, like stockpiling weapons and searching right-wing websites and, you know, just being a general fascist. So, um, and that would be a dangerous thing. So, anyway, uh, because we used to hate fascists. You know, we used to fight fascists. A lot of people died to stop fascism. Now we got a fascist in the White House. Anyway, so they asked, finally, Trump was silent. He was all over Twitter with everything else from this, uh, what's his face? Uh, You know, that Empire star. (laughs) I can't talk. Jussie Schmollett. And uh, because that's what's important. Because you got to make like their, um, all of these MAGA attacks are made up, right? It happens all the time. I remember when, even before Trump got so-called elected, which he wasn't. He he lost. He got he received fewer votes, but whatever. Um, there were incidences, and they the Southern po- Poverty Law Center were keeping track of these the, of all the hate crimes that are going through the roof thanks to Trump. Of course they are. They as they went through the roof during Bush, because they stirred up hate against targeted minority groups. And that's what Trump does. And I remember reading, it was even, I think it was even the day of the election when he so-called won, where they burned up this homeless man. A couple of assholes burned a, uh, a homeless guy who was saying, oh, this is MAGA. They thought he was Mexican. He looked, I guess, Latino. So let's burn this person. This is what, because they love America, right? That's what they do. They think. They think it's love but they're sick. 
Anyway, so he finally mentioned it because he was asked about it, but Trump didn't say anything about it when he was tweeting about witch hunts and and Jussie Smollett or whatever the hell, uh, as if that matters. Um, he finally said something, but here's, let me see. La, la, la. Here's what he said. Briefs are on the Coast Guard member who was arrested for threatening Democrats and other members of the I'm media. actually getting a very final briefing and a very complete briefing in about two hours. And do you have any this. thoughts on this man? I think it's a shame. After members of yeah, media. I think it's a very sad thing when a thing like that happens. And I've expressed that, but I'm actually getting a uh, very complete briefing in about two hours. Do you think that you bear any responsibility for moderating your language when it comes to that? No, I don't. I think my language is very nice. Right, right. This is what he says about journalists. Because this guy had Democratic senators, Democratic uh, presidential candidates, and journalists on his list. But here's Trump's very nice language. After all, somebody said, are you at all offended that he said nice things about you? I said, no, no. And they said, oh, Trump should have been much nastier. That's terrible. And then they said, you know, he's killed reporters. And I don't like that. I'm totally against that. I, by the way, I hate some of these people, but I'd never kill them. I hate them. No, I think, no, these people, honestly, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I would never kill them. I would never do that. Ah, uh, let's see. No, I wouldn't. I would never kill him, but I do hate him. And I, I, some of them are such lying, disgusting people. It's true. It's true. It's true. But I would never kill him. And anybody that does, I think it would be despicable. But you know, nobody said, they, they say he killed reporters. I said, really? I, he says he didn't. Other people say he didn't. Who did he kill? Well, we don't know, but we hear that. I said, tell me, who did he kill? And I go through this whole thing. It would be so great if we could get Russia on our side and other countries on our side and knock the hell out of ISIS. And um, okay, I had to stop, stop that. Who, who, first of all, who, are, who calls themselves an American while cheering the murder of journalists? And so Putin, what he's, he's talking about there is that Putin says, he says he didn't do it. I don't know. What journalists? No, they have a complete list of the journalists that Putin killed. Of course, he's a liar. And you know, the other thing that he said during when he was asked, oh, I'm getting a complete briefing in two hours. That is bullshit. He was not getting a, a briefing. And then I saw on the Navy Times website that they reported that. Trump gets briefing on Coast Guard lieutenant accused of having hit list. No, he didn't. They just take him at his word. It says, President Donald Trump, so-called President Donald Trump, says he's getting a complete briefing on Coast Guard officer accused of stockpiling guns and compiling a hit list of prominent Democrats and network TV journalists. Trump told reporters Friday that he would be getting a very complete briefing in two hours. And added it was a very sad thing yeah that's sad it's sad when domestic when you unleash domestic terrorism in this country again and again remember the pipe bombs a few months ago that were sent to cnn and other news organizations that you hate but would never kill it's like giving tacit permission to your maga morons to carry out these uh stochastic terrorist attacks that's what it's called 
but I can't pronounce it properly. Uh, so, um, yeah, and because Trump is full of crap, and I, when he said, I'll, I'm getting a briefing in two hours, bull baloney, baloney. Um, and it reminded me of this, where Trump is always, always says that everything is happening in two hours, in uh, two weeks. But he couldn't say two weeks at this time. He had to say two hours. But this is Trump. Everything's coming in two weeks when it doesn't come in. Two. This is a CNN report. Waiting for something coming out of the White House? Just give it two weeks, be it something mythical about wiretaps. To the forefront over the next two weeks. A decision on the Paris Climate Accords. Over the next two weeks. A plan for cutting taxes. Two or three weeks that will be phenomenal. Except it ended up being 11 weeks before a one-page outline of a tax plan came out. It was Bloomberg News that first noticed the president parroting two weeks. Sometime over the next two weeks as to NAFTA. Want to know how well the U.S. is doing against ISIS? We're going to be having a news conference in about two weeks. Three weeks later, still no ISIS press conference. So what did the president do? He said it again. Uh, we're going to be having a news conference in two weeks on that fight. And you'll see numbers that you would not have believed. The number not to believe is two weeks. And to think Donald Trump once made a cameo in a movie called Two Weeks Notice, in which Hugh Grant wore a tie so long he looked like a Trump caricature. I hear Kelson finally dumped you. Not exactly, no. The president may have trouble sticking to a calendar, but that doesn't prevent his face from being plastered on a few. From the out-of-office countdown calendar showing how long the Trump administration has to go, to Donald Trump's greatest quotes calendar. Part of the beauty of me is that I'm very rich. Very rich, but not very punctual. Genimo, CNN. Over the next two weeks. New York. Yeah, he's not very rich either. That's the other thing. He's, that's why he won't show his taxes. He might be rich now because he is using the office of the presidency to grift himself into wealth. But if somebody who has to pay a porn star... In, in, in installments to hush her, hush her up, then it's not very rich. He had to pay her in $100,000 installments. That's not a rich man, okay? That's somebody that struggles. Um, I don't ever pay my, horn, my porn stars more than 10000 because I'm struggling. Anyway, I'm only kidding. I don't pay porn stars anything. I don't. I really don't. Anyway, maybe I would. Why would I pay them? Why would I have to? I wouldn't. There's no point to it. Anyway, whatever. We all want love, but Donald Trump doesn't want love. He wants he wants to stick his his Mario Kart looking penis into a nice piece of ass. I mean, I hate to do that. When I'm sick you, and I just made you sick. That's what it is. Which is why I would have a lot more respect for him, let's say, if Melania or let's say he stayed with his first wife. He can't, though. He would be incapable of that because he needed to trade up. It's not about the, uh, a relationship. He, it's about how he looks. How will this woman look on his arm? Now, let's put money on this. I bet you a Patreon subscription that he will get divorced after he leaves the White House and she's she hits whatever I don't know what the magic number is 50 
I mean, I don't know how old she is. Is she 45? I'll say he can't take her at uh, 55, at least. She's definitely not going to be with her. It's, I mean, he's older. He's like 76 or something. 73? I'm not sure. But, um, yeah. it's It doesn't matter how old he gets. He's It's it's all about how he looks with this this arm candy. That's about it. So... Melania doesn't care. She enjoys that. Uh, she's in. She's. It's a business arrangement. That's all it is. And speaking of first, la- well, I wanted to talk about a couple of things. I just. I want to talk about the this domestic terrorist, of course, which I just did, but not that much. But he. Uh, let's see. Who was? What did he have? Oh, the other thing that um, it was. I, I just find that um, you want to know what's sad. It's the that the Navy Times. J- takes Trump's words that come out of his lie hole and reports it. Trump gets briefing on Coast Guard lieutenant accused of having hit list. No, Trump didn't get a briefing. He said that to reporters because it looked bad. And the only reason he said, I'm getting it in two hours, because two weeks would be too long. He, he's, he's full of it. He's a liar. He can't stop lying. And there, there really should be some kind of regulation on that. When will it end? It is the hallmark of authoritarianism to devalue the currency of truth. And that is what Trump has done. And then when he stands in front of the crowd, his magamoron crowd, and they cheer, I would never kill him, kill these journalists. I hate them, but I would never kill them. What are they cheering about? You un-American traitors. That's what you're cheering. And, oh, Putin says no. He says he didn't kill him. What am I going to say? He's very... It's like Judge Kavanaugh. Oh, he strongly denied it. He just pounded the table, cried, and strongly denied it. What are you going to do? Um, uh, this, this is why <clears throat> I better get better soon because I got to be fit and healthy for the, for the revolution that's coming. It is coming, and they know it. And that's why Twitler and, and Chuck Todd and all the right-wing Democrats and the filthy fascist Republicans are after uh, AOC and stirring up fear about socialism. That's what they're doing. Because they don't want you to think. They want you to say, I'm a capitalist, as you're out there saying, get your hands, your government hands off my Medicare, or don't touch my Social Security. The same, the same grifter, they went in front of crowds and said, I won't ever touch your Social Security. What is Social Security but socialism? And they're all like, yeah, I want my Socialist Security, right? But um, it says, so this is an article from uh, Truthdig. It says, well, I don't want to say President Donald Trump. Trump and and the Republican Party are reviving the Red Scare as a central tactic of his 2020 campaign to retain the White House. In Trump's view, a socialist system is synonymous with poverty and despair, government coercion, domination, and control. He even told his morons that we that socialists in the Green New Deal would outlaw cars. This is how ridiculous they're getting. They're revi- it's the it's the update to death panels. It really is. You when they started to roll that out. I, I thought, who could be stupid enough to fall for this? But they were. They were. Oh, there's death panels. Like, really? 
Um, no, in fact, there already are death panels in the insurance company because they're already killing Americans but and deciding who and where and when you can get care, if at all, So and you get killed by them. That's a death panel. But so, um, let's see. Uh, this approach might, might seem curious given that interest in socialist ideals ideas is at an all-time high in the United States as ordinary people react to out-of-control capitalist system designed to enrich the rich. Trump and his party are being are betting that good old-fashioned American individualism will overcome any desire for greater collectivism and more government-funded social programs. If there's any doubt that this is guiding his path to re-election, Trump's President's Day speech on Venezuela is Exhibit A. During his roughly 30-minute address, Trump used the word socialism, socialist, communist, communist, 36 times, roughly 1.2 times per minute. He echoed simplistic platitudes in an attempt to associate socialism with tyranny, where he says, quote, socialism is about one thing only, power for the ruling class. Really? That's capitalism. Trump first uttered the words, Tonight we renew our resolve that America will never be a socialist country during his February 5th State of the Union address, receiving wild applause from both sides of the aisle. Right? He repeated a version of that phrase on Monday. To those who would try to impose socialism on the United States, we again deliver a very simple message. Well, everything coming out of his mouth is simple. America will never be a socialist country. Well, 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 we already are. And some of our favorite socialist programs are the ones that you've vowed to protect, even though you're, you're gunning for and the rest of your party, like Medicare, like... Social Security, and also um, when they, they praise the military, there is no more socialist organization than the military. They, they, everything's paid for there. Three hots and a cot you get, you, and medical, free medical care. That's it. You don't have to pay a dime. So, and they love it. The VA is always at the top of uh, the favorite medical systems despite the Republican Party trying to defund it and make it something that people don't like anymore because they want to privatize it for their benefactors. And we see the end of the story. If you're a, if in a capitalist system, you need the strength in numbers. That's why one of the other things that uh, in, in the Amazon so-called deal here in Long Island City that Jeff Bezos wanted to inflict was that he, no unions. They wanted to make sure that there would be absolutely no unions ever. And that was some, that, how could you say that? The work, so you really want to oppress the working class because a hundred billion dollars just ain't enough for him. So, um, I find it pretty disgusting. Anyway, um, but that's what, it's all just a grift. And when you, when you talk to individual voters, whether they lean right or left, they all say that, that they believe everybody should go to a doctor, everybody should, uh, that they believe in these socialist programs. They just don't like, when you frame it as socialism, it's sort of like they love, oh, they hate Obamacare, but they love all its provisions. They love the, uh, 
not being kicked off because of a pre-existing condition, so much so that they even had Republicans saying, I will never stop the ability for someone with a pre-existing condition to get health care, no matter the fact that they did so for generations. How many people did they kill in that period of time? How many people did they prevent from getting health care? They would never... They, well, why didn't they ever try it? Why didn't they ever? They would never. Yeah? Well, why didn't you ever? But because they don't... They don't like it. They want to... They know who butters their bread. They're in the pockets of the elite. So that... And it really gets me upset. But what, what gives me hope is that the younger generation... You see that AOC. She came right out of the gate saying... I'm a democratic socialist. They, it does not have the same oh, uh, frightening connotation to the younger generation because they understand. They're, they're not buying the BS that Twitter is selling. They understand that, and, be, and part of the reason, I believe, is that they grew up on the Internet. They see the, the, small, the world as a small place, and they see other countries doing the very thing that they are telling us here is just too expensive. It's too expensive to have universal health care like every other country. It's too expensive to have universal higher education like many other countries. But I, I look at it as an investment. And there is no market. That's the other thing. Now that I mean, I'm on a health care kick, obviously, because I'm sick. And I've had, I mean, I, it's not just that. I, even when I wasn't sick, I would like to see before I step off this mortal coil that this country gets to join the rest of the civilized world and we don't buy into the Republican fear tactics. But, I mean, it's uh, being, having, being at the mercy of this health, it's just, it's abominable. To have to worry and wonder all the time about, um, like I said earlier, co-pays and deductibles and co-insurance and what's your primary and uh, EPOs, HMOs, PPOs. It's, um, it's pretty disgusting. Uh, but as the Republican Party are putting up barriers for the American people to go to a doctor... They, they're, um, they're just fine. They, the, the senators and the representatives, they have great health care for life. Not like COBRA, if you get laid off from a job or whatever, where you, uh, you can go on COBRA for 18 months, thanks to Ted Kennedy. But, I mean, it's expensive. A lot of people can't even afford that. So if you can't afford a $400 expense, you're not going to be able to afford a $750 health insurance bill. For, for real. So, but the, all the Republicans, like Paul Ryan, he's fine. He'll have health care for life. That's what they've done for themselves. And I love that these freaks, they're always they're high-fiving each other about rugged individualism. And uh, as when, even in the State of the Union, they're all like uh, down on socialism. Meanwhile, they are in the most socialist institution. They're okay. All them and all their brats, all their minions will be fine. They're talking about the, the us the, and those uh, lower on the ladder. 
And that, you know what, the other thing is, it's really not the sign of success. And, well, what FDR said, too. Uh, whether, how many, well, he said how many millionaires we create. Um, that's not the sign of success. It's how many people, I, what's the quote exactly? FDR quote. Sign of success. Mm, I can't find it. Anyway, but it's something like it's. Uh, I mean, I'll just paraphrase how the uh, a nation's uh, the sign of a nation's success is not how many rich people it creates, but how many how many poor people it helps. Something like that, and that's true. Of course it is. Why would we want it any other way? Are we that dumb? Yeah, some of us are. Obviously, they're wearing MAGA hats. And they're doing searches on their government computers for um, <laughs> for civil war if Trump's impeached. What do you think? That's part of the reason they caught him. They're they're monitoring his searches, so he does he does his search. This is how comfortable he was as a lieutenant. And I guess he thought that Trump would would save him. Maybe Trump will pardon him. But it's very sad, isn't it? When a when a domestic terrorist. Um, threatens to kill Democratic representatives and congresspeople and presidential candidates and journalists. So sad. So sad. But you know that Trump has never had a sad day in his life. Because having that kind of emotion takes a, an emotional maturity that, that Trump doesn't possess. He's a sociopath. He is a malignant narcissist. Everything is about him. So, the other thing I want to say, because we're running to, to the end of the show, was one other story I came across briefly. Was I don't know if you guys remember during the when this monster was so-called elected, um, all the the Trump Z's were dancing in the end zone, and what the heck is it now that I'm talking about it? And this one, oh yeah, this lady now, um, she was, she worked for the, for, oh wait, this is what happened. A woman, back in the, back when, when Twitler was so-called elected, despite receiving fewer votes, I don't know if you guys remember, she posted on her Facebook page a picture of Michelle Obama and the, and trophy wife number three saying how I'm so glad we will finally have a lady in the White House now, and I, I, I don't have to look at this ape in heels, right? Remember that? And then another, a, a person who also worked for the county, uh, a mayor, she, she wrote, oh, yeah, this made my day. So all the races were coming out of the woodwork. And, uh, well, this woman was just... Um, arrested, let me see, a West, a West Virginia woman who called Moshe, Michelle Obama an ape in heels appears to be the same woman who pleaded guilty to defrauding the Federal Emergency Management Agency out of more than $18,000. So this is who, who these people are. She, you know, I mean, why don't you pull yourself up by your bootstraps? But I guess when you have a grifter and a traitor as a standard bearer, uh, nothing is off limits. He's he's attached his rapacious, greed-centered gullet 
onto the uh, the federal treasury like a lamprey. Why shouldn't she? So she it says Pamela Taylor admitted last week to illegally registering for FEMA disaster benefits after a catastrophic flood in 2016 killed more than 20 people and damaged numerous properties in West Virginia. She said her Clay County home was damaged by the flood and she was forced to live in a rental property. But her home wasn't damaged at all, and she was still living there, a Homeland Security investigation found. The flood was a, national, was a natural disaster. Stealing from FEMA is a man-made disaster, the U.S. attorney Mike Stewart said in a statement. Taylor could face up to 30 years in prison and a fine of $500,000. But, you know, maybe Trump will pardon her. Why shouldn't one grifter, you know, uh, one grifter hand washes another grifter hand? Taylor, a director of the nonprofit Clay County Development, was placed on leave after the post. Oh, wait, I, I missed this one. It says, uh, let's see, the, Charl- the Char- Charleston Gazette Mail reported that Taylor's name and residence matched those of Pamela Taylor, who made headlines for a racist post against Obama after Donald Trump was so-called elected. President in 2016, Taylor posted, it will be refreshing to have a classy, beautiful, dignified first lady in the White House. I mean, what pictures is she looking at? I'm tired of seeing an ape in heels. Forget a woman who raised herself up from the projects and, and, and uh, went to school and, and to, uh, on her own merit. We want a, we want a what? A, uh, a, a nude model? An escort? Finally, a, a, a classy, beautiful, dignified lady posing nude. <coughs> Could you imagine if Michelle Obama posed nude in anything? In an art project for school? Nothing. I mean, forget it. It would be, uh, it would be like Chicken Little and the, and the end of the world. So Taylor, a director of the nonprofit Clay County uh, Development, was placed on leave after the post. Clay Mayor Beverly Whaling, who responded to the post by saying, just made my day, Pam, resigned amid backlash. What uh, what is wrong with these people? That's just made my day uh, that I don't have to keep looking at an ape in heels. You should look at someone that you should admire. This is why, whoa, when I... I, I can't believe I share the same air as these Trump anzies. I really can't. That they're, who would not applaud the, the murder of journalists and, and, and vote for a con man and call a, the con man's third trophy wife a dignified, beautiful first lady? I don't know. It's, that, that gets very depressing. This is why... We need to get power back from these grifters and um, because and, and really uh, fight for an educated populace. We really do need uh, free higher education for all. It's not free, by the way. It's we pay taxes. And, and instead of just getting, uh, what, what do we get, the return on our investment in taxes or bombing some wedding parties in uh, Afghanistan or whatever, instead of just that, we get to have universal health care and higher education. We are the richest country on earth, and we have precedent for this. Go back to Eisenhower. 
like I said in the beginning, that used to be considered the a uh, a democratic ideal that you protected democracy from the from the from concentrated wealth that would destroy it. So, all right, guys. So it's I have like forty five seconds left. I can't believe I made it through the show. I'm going to bed in about ten minutes after I l- upload this to. SoundCloud and iTunes, and uh, hopefully I'll be better soon. So thank you for sticking it in with me or sticking it in. (laughs) I'm just delirious. I'm sorry for sticking with me and for being a part of the show because, like I always say, we stick together, we win, and I will be here as long as I can be, as much as I can be, and... We're in this together. I, uh, so I want to thank you for, for your support. And I will see you guys next week. My name is Tara Devlin. So I'll talk to you soon. Whoops, wrong one. Here we go.